Isolde, written by Knox Hargrove. Interior, restaurant, night. Isolde Moon, 23, and Rose Vasquez, 25, sit next to each other at a well-dressed table in a secluded corner of a hip restaurant. Isolde wears a long scar along the shaved right side of her head. Bright red hair cascades along the left side. She is thin, sickly pale, but beautiful. She sits urgently staring at the front door, fidgeting with her nail-bitten fingers. Rose places her hand on Isolde's to stop them fidgeting and looks at her with her large brown eyes. Isolde looks away from Rose and back to the front door. Her breathing becomes quick and shallow. She tries to catch her breath. She said she... Why did I ever think she'd actually show up? Because she feeds on manipulating you into believing you can have a real relationship with her? She's my sister. Yeah, and she trades on that to keep you close enough to hurt you. Isolde angrily pulls out her phone and dials a number. The phone rings through to voicemail. Hi, you've reached Morgan Moon. I'm unavailable to take your call, but please leave. Isolde hangs up. She quickly gathers her things and walks out of the restaurant. Rose follows. Interior, Isolde's car, night. Rain falls on the windshield of Rose's car as Isolde and Rose drive in silence. Rose pulls into Isolde's driveway, turning off the car. Isolde sits, unmoving, in the passenger seat. I'm sorry she didn't show up. Isolde offers no reaction. Why are you wasting your time with her? She doesn't deserve to be a part of your life. She obviously doesn't care to. Isolde steps out into the rain, slamming the car door behind her. Rose quickly follows Isolde to the front door of her old stone home. Isolde opens the door and steps inside. As Rose tries to follow, Isolde blocks the doorway, leaving Rose standing in the rain. Go home. Isolde, I'm sorry. Go home, Rose. I'll call you if I need you to remind me how much my sister hates me. That's not... Fine. Good night. Isolde closes the door, and Rose walks back to the car. Interior, living room, night. Isolde lies on the couch, still dressed, watching the rain beat against the windows, concentrating on her breathing. Isolde's breathing becomes more labored, short breaths in and out. She tries to catch her breath, but can't. Isolde shuts her eyes tightly and places her hands over her ears. <clears throat> Cut to exterior, a lush forest, night. Isolde opens her eyes to find herself nestled into the roots of a large tree in the middle of a lush green forest. The sound of her labored breath overpowers the calm sounds of the forest. Slowly, her breathing normalizes and she relaxes against the trunk of the tree. She takes long, deep breaths settling her breathing to a normal rate. She sits for several moments, taking in the tranquility of the forest before closing her eyes. Cut to Interior, Isolde's family home, night, continuous. Isolde opens her eyes to find a large firefly hovering in front of her, glowing brightly in the dark living room. She follows it with her eyes for several moments before it slowly flies past her, meandering through the house. She stands and follows. In the kitchen, she follows the firefly until it flies out a barely cracked window. Isolde watches as it joins a handful of hovering green lights gliding towards the forest tree line beyond the backyard. Five glowing lights join hundreds more, hovering in the trees. 
their bioluminescent lights glow unnaturally bright. Isolde presses her hands against the windows and stares in awe as the light pulses and grows and then suddenly begins to fade into the depths of the forest until the lights are gone. As soon as the last light winks out, the heavy rain returns, beating against the windows. Interior, living room, mid-morning. Isolde sits on the couch and writes in her journal. 5.15, early a.m. Hallucination? Cloud of fireflies in the forest. Ten minutes. She sets down her journal and picks up her phone. She dials Morgan's number. It rings through to voicemail. Hi, you've reached Morgan Moon. I'm unavailable to take your call, but please leave your name and number after the tone and I'll call you back. Morgan, it's Isolde. Call me back. Please? It's important. Please. Interior. Isolde's hallway, mid-morning. Isolde walks down the hallway and pauses at the sight of a framed photo on a bookshelf. In it, her father sits in a rocking chair on the back porch of their house, smoking a pipe. A worn leather journal, similar to hers, sits tucked behind some knickknacks on the shelf. She removes the journal to find it stamped with J.M. Moon on the front cover. She opens the flap to reveal an intricately drawn cover page of a forest at night illuminated by small points of light. The page reads, The Sisters Moon and Other Magic. The doorbell rings. Interior, Isolde's front hallway, day. Isolde opens the front door to find Rose standing on the front porch holding two cups of coffee in a carrier and a brown paper bag. I called. I know. You didn't answer. Yep. Can I come in? Isolde considers carefully. She opens the bag of food Rose carries and looks inside. You were out of line last night. I know. After a brief moment of pause, Isolde opens the door to let her in. Interior, kitchen, mid-morning. Isolde sits at the table, unwrapping an egg sandwich as Rose gets two plates out of the cabinet. She hands a plate to Isolde, already two bites deep into her sandwich, before neatly unwrapping and plating her own. I don't understand why Morgan is so important to you. Don't. I'm trying to understand. She abandoned you. She left. She made her own life, and she put as much distance between her and the constant tragedy of our childhood. And left her sister to fend for herself. Yeah, she did. I wouldn't waste the emotional energy you have on someone who walked out on me. Isolde gets up and walks out of the kitchen. Isolde, I'm sorry. She walks back in with the journal she found in the hallway and places it in front of Rose at the table. Rose opens the cover to reveal a worn photo of a young Isolde, seven, with a young Morgan, 13, holding hands walking in a forest. We were inseparable, invincible together. When he died, so did that feeling. Anyway, I'm done letting her keep me at arm's length. I'm driving up there today. I'll tell her and let that be enough. Do you want me to come with you? No. Exterior, Morgan's house, day. Isolde's car, a mid-90s Jeep Cherokee, pulls into the driveway of a well-manicured suburban home with a meticulously groomed lawn and pristine facade. Isolde exits the car and walks up to the front porch. After several banging knocks, Morgan Moon, 31, opens the door. She is buttoned up in designer labels from head to toe, 
the kind of woman who wears heels and pearls on a lazy Saturday at home. Azold, what are you doing here? Wow. This is you now? Okay, I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Nothing. I just didn't think this is the life you chose for yourself. Why are you here? You've been ducking my calls. Yeah? Okay. I know we don't really do sisters, but I thought after a few dozen calls, you might call once. What do you want me to say? I'm sorry, I, I got tired a long time ago of pretending to be the dutiful sister. I know. What, Azold? I mean, I know you didn't come here to chastise me for not returning phone calls. I'm dying, Morgan. Like, properly, really dying. I just thought I should tell you in person. Morgan tenses up. Okay. Thanks. Isolde stands for a moment, waiting for more of a response from her sister. Morgan stands, rooted to her spot on the front porch, stunned. After a long, wordless, motionless moment, Isolde retreats back to her car and drives away. Exterior, car, evening. Isolde's car pulls into the driveway of an old home with a wood and stone facade that sits on the edge of a forest. Interior, Isolde's family home, day, continuous. An exhausted Isolde walks through the front door, kicks off her shoes, and paces directly to her bedroom. Inside, she lies down on the bed and pulls herself into the fetal position. Slow tears form in Isolde's eyes as she focuses on the breeze blowing through the trees outside and places her hand over her ears and closes her eyes tightly. Exterior, a lush forest, night. Isolde opens her eyes to find herself back in the nook of the large old tree. She rests against it and takes in the tranquil sounds of the forest. An illuminated firefly hovers in the distance, moving closer. Interior, Isolde's family home, night, continuous. Isolde's eyes snap open, and she sits up on her bed, laboring to breathe. A single firefly hovers in front of the slightly ajar bedroom door. It hovers for a moment before moving into the hallway. Isolde quietly gets out of bed and follows the firefly down the hall and into the kitchen. Through the windows, the forest is again alight in the bioluminescent glow of fireflies. Isolde walks out the back door into the yard, and the firefly joins the host of hovering lights in the forest. Exterior, forest, night. Isolde slowly, carefully, walks towards the forest. As she grows closer, she can see the leaves, moss, and forest fungi are subtly illuminated in shades of bioluminescent light. The forest swirls with subtle, pulsing, moving light. In awe, Isolde steps back inside the tree line, and the spreading light quickly retreats back into the forest until only moonlight is left. Interior, bedroom, mid-morning. Early morning light shines through the windows as Isolde slowly wakes. She looks at the clock on her nightstand, which reads 5.30 a.m. She sits up and opens her nightstand, withdrawing the journal. She writes a new entry. 5.16, early a.m. Hallucination. More fireflies. The forest was glowing. Exterior. Back porch. Morning. Isolde sits on the back porch, reading her father's journal. 
Steam pours out of a cup of coffee on the table in front of her. Rose appears from the back door, carrying a cup of coffee and plates of eggs and bacon. The two sit and eat quietly. Isolde absentmindedly manages to find her mouth with errant forkfuls of egg while glued to her father's stories. What did he write about? Magic. Isolde sets the journal down. I don't know why I keep reading this. I keep looking for some kind of answer in here. Answers to what? I don't know. Morgan? Death? He wrote all these stories. He made us believe that we really did have magic, that we were invincible, immortal, I don't know. (sighs) When we were kids, we believed that our mom was a fairy living in the forest, and if we just looked hard enough, if we used our magic, we'd be able to find her. How sick is that? She died giving birth to me. I never knew her. I never had any emotional bond with her. But he told us these stories, and I fell in love with her. I was heartbroken over something I never had. I'm sure he wanted to keep her memory alive for himself as much as for you and Morgan. No, it was selfish. He married us to this world he created, then he just died, and and there was no more magic. Just, just nothing. Isolde's breathing becomes erratic and shallow. Rose moves close to her. She tucks Isolde's hair behind her ear and takes her cheek in her palm. Breathe. Rose stares into Isolde's eyes and takes a deep breath. Isolde tries to follow, slowly calming down. I'm okay. Rose nods and pushes Isolde's hair behind her ear one more time. There's something I want to show you. Isolde stands and walks off the porch, headed toward the forest at the edge of the backyard. Rose follows. Exterior, forest clearing, day. The girls arrive at a giant old tree, the same tree from Isolde's dreams. Isolde stops to recover her breath. This was the best of Dad's stories. Right here. The heart tree. Heart tree? It's a tree that gave birth to the rest of the forest. He told us that my mom died because she gave me all of her magic to keep me alive when I was born. And after she died, her soul came to be reborn in this tree. He would bring Morgan and I here on her death day every year, and we'd plant white daisies. Until he died. Then you stopped coming? No. I'd spend nights at a time out here, just mm. cuddled next to the trunk, praying he'd become a spirit like my mom and I could see him again. Then Morgan left, and the last fragments of the magic I'd believed in went with her. You've never talked about your family like this before? Never brought anyone here before. Why me? Isolde brushes Rose's hair behind her ear and softly kisses her lips. On a hidden side of the tree, a vine of white daisies blooms. Interior, kitchen, night. Isolde clears away dishes from the kitchen table as Rose stands washing them at the sink. The doorbell rings. Isolde goes to answer it. Interior, front entryway, night. Isolde opens the door to find Morgan standing in the doorway. Isolde is shocked into silence. Hey, I I hope I'm not intruding. I thought I might call, but I was afraid if you answered, I would find a way to talk myself out of this. No, we just finished dinner. 
We just come in. Morgan steps into her childhood home, and Isolde closes the door behind her. Look, I just came here to try and settle things between us. Interior, kitchen, night. Rose wipes her hand on a dish towel and greets Morgan with an appraising smile. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Morgan, as old as I know. Have a seat. Would you like some wine? No, thank you. Rose pours herself a glass. As old, uh, this is lovely, but um, is there somewhere that we can talk? I just, I want to get this over with. Sure. Isolde shows Morgan out of the kitchen. Isolde shares a look with Rose as she walks out of the room. Interior, living room, night. Standing in the living room, Morgan becomes temporarily lost in the old family photos hanging on the wall. She is specifically drawn to a photo of a young Morgan being held by a beautiful red-haired woman, her mother. Do you want to sit? No. Uh, no. Okay. I didn't come here so that we could be friends. I just... I wanted to explain why... Okay. I don't hate you. It's a good start. Don't. I mean, I did hate you. I hated you when mom died. You know, and then... And daddy told me. (laughs) He told us, you know, those stories... And he made me think that if I could try to love you, you know, it might bring her back. I tried so hard to love you. And then after he died, I I felt like such an idiot for believing him. I mean, I hated you even more. I was 16 and suddenly an orphan, and all anyone could talk about was how hard it was for you. I mean, it was always about you. I mean, no one cared that my whole world was shattered. I was 10. The only thing I wanted was for my sister to tell me we'd get through it together. How am I supposed to be your sister? I mean, my family was gone. You took my mother from me. I mean, what choice did I have other than hating you? Love, maybe? Love? How could I ever love you? All I wanted was for you to suffer. But you always got everything handed to you. You know, and I thought if the world was going to give you everything, then I would make sure that you never had me. What did the world ever give me, Morgan? A dead mother, a brief, naive childhood taken away from me when daddy died, and then my sister walked out on me. You're dying. And I want to be happy about it. I want to be glad that something terrible is finally happening to you, but but I can't. I... Because I came here and you're you're so beautiful and, and strong and graceful and it, it makes me sick. I'm sorry you can't take comfort in my death. I really am. I know none of this was your fault. I mean, the only thing you did was try to love me, and I couldn't. I I can't. I can't let you. I just wanted you to know that I... I don't blame you. I mean, that's 
That's all I wanted to say. I don't hate you. I'm glad you don't hate me. A crash of plates is heard from the kitchen, and then the thud of skull to tile. The sold instinctively bolts to the kitchen, followed by Morgan. Interior, kitchen, night. Rose is lying on the floor, convulsing and grinding her teeth when Isolde rushes in. Isolde rushes to Rose's side. Morgan stands stunned above them. Give me that towel. Morgan looks around and finds a kitchen towel on the table. She throws it to Isolde. Wait, what's wrong with her? She's having a seizure. Isolde rolls up the towel and forces it into Rose's mouth. It's going to be okay. Focus. Focus on me. Look at me. Rose's eyes make contact with Isolde's. That's right. Hey. Hey, I'm here. I love you. Rose's eyes roll back into her head, and she loses consciousness. Oh my god, is she... She blacked out. It happens with seizures. Isolde sits with Rose until her convulsions stop and her jaw loosens. Can you help me? We're going to move her into the bedroom. Morgan bends down to help Isolde lift Rose's unconscious body. As she moves Rose's hair to place her arm under her neck, she notices a long scar running from her neck up underneath her hairline. Interior, bedroom, night. Rose lies in bed, asleep, breathing peacefully. Interior, living room, night. Morgan and Isolde sit across from each other. We met at a support group for terminal care patients when I was first diagnosed. So you're both... Me faster than her. Mine's more... dangerous. Are you scared? Yes. <laughs> There's something I want to show you. Isolde stands up and walks to a sideboard and opens the top drawer. She pulls out her father's journal and thumbs through the pages one last time. Isolde closes the book and hands it to Morgan. What is this? Daddy's journal. Morgan fingers the stamped initials, then turns to the cover page. He wrote a lot more than the stories he told us. He wrote about his death, us, it's more. These stories were for you. Morgan tries to hand the book back to Isolde. They were for us. I've read it. It belongs with you. Thank you. I should go. Morgan gathers her things and heads to the door. Assault stands and follows. Bye. Uh, good luck, I guess. I don't know what you're supposed to say. I hope Rose is okay. She lingers for just a moment before walking out the door. Interior. Bedroom. Night. Assault climbs into bed next to Rose. She faces away from Rose and begins to cry. Her breathing becomes quicker and shallower as tears streak down her face. You okay? Do I need to go out there and kick her ass? No, I... I think... I think we understand each other now. That's good. I was bluffing about kicking her ass, though. I can't move my legs right now. Do I need to call? No, no, I can still feel them. I just can't move them. This happened before. They'll probably start working again. Isolde <laughs> laughs despite herself, even as fresh tears roll down her cheeks. She exhales. 
I wish I had your strength. Can you help me sit up? Isolde helps prop Rose up against the headboard. Rose turns to Isolde and tucks her hair behind her ear, wipes her tears, kisses her, then lays her head back against Isolde's chest and slowly drifts back to sleep. Isolde brushes Rose's hair aside, exposing her scar. She gently traces her finger up and down its length as her tears fall on Rose's hair and neck. As they fall, they begin to burn away the scar until there is no trace of it ever existing. (sighs) Isolde gasps in astonishment at what she's just done. She lays Rose's head back down on the bed and kisses her. I love you. Isolde gently slides off the bed and quietly leaves the room. Interior, kitchen, night. Isolde begins to clear away the mess in the kitchen when she suddenly collapses to the ground with spasms of unbearable pain. She immediately claps her hands to her ears and jams her eyes closed. Exterior, a lush forest, night. Isolde momentarily finds herself back in the comforting embrace of the heart tree until she is wrapped with the same unbearable pain she was trying to block out. Her whole field of vision is overtaken by burning white light. Interior, kitchen, night. Isolde's eyes jolt open. Glowing light pours through the kitchen windows. Her pain is gone. The whole world is eerily silent. She quietly gets off the floor and walks into the yard. Interior, bedroom, night. The sound of the distant thud of the closing screen door wakes Rose. She sits up with a look of confusion on her face. Exterior, forest, night. Isolde walks into the backyard and finds the forest again alight with bioluminescent light. The forest swirls with different colors as multicolored leaves and moss pulse and fireflies lazily buzz around the forest. A female figure stands at the edge of the tree line. A soft glow emanates from her clothing. She wears long, flowing red hair, encircled in a crown of white daisies. Isolde crosses the backyard to the tree line. Tears openly stream down her cheeks in a mixture of excitement and sorrow. Exterior, forest, night. At the tree line, Isolde weeps as she recognizes the female figure as her mother. Isolde rushes into her arms. The closing screen door sounds again as Rose comes running to stop a few feet back from the tree line. She too is crying. Isolde! Isolde looks back at Rose with a loving, tearful smile. Please don't go. Isolde looks back at her mother with a conflicted look on her face. You'll see her again. Isolde looks back to Rose. I love you. Always. Isolde turns back to her mother and steps into the forest. Immediately, the lights wink out and the faint light of the moon reveals Isolde's lifeless body lying on the ground. Rose runs to Isolde and cradles her in her arms, weeping over her body. A single firefly rests on Isolde's heart. Lifting off and illuminating, it flies into the forest. Rose looks up to see it join hundreds of glowing lights hovering in the forest. Cuts a black.